with the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the My Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Welcome back to the Irish Bears Show. It's a Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm myself and Tony are delighted to, to represent here for the Bears Show, the Irish Bears Show. We're delighted to be here. And as usual, we have a guest on a Wednesday night. We have a fantastic guest for you again. One of our regulars, Jacob Afante, the lead draft analyst for Windy City Gridiron and also the NFL draft writer for uh, Draftware. Jacob, thanks very much for coming along. How are you doing today, my good man? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to be back on the show. Uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to keep my spirits up the best I can, considering how awful the last couple of weeks have been for Bears football. But personally, I can't complain. I'm doing pretty well. But yeah, I'm excited to talk Bears here. Um, we straight away I got someone who's very impressed. Great guest. So yeah. actually, Jacob, Matt's, Matt's you, got your back. Matt's got your back. <laughs> Tony, first question first. Most importantly, what's the Christmas jumper on Matt? Uh, so this is, uh, um, I don't know, I got it from Aldi's. I don't oh, know if you'll be nice. familiar with Aldi's, Jacob, but yeah. it's a, a kind of cut-price supermarket German. Uh, Tra-la-la-la-la, so you can't really go wrong with it. Um, so, so I've got to have one on every show in December, that's the way it is. Well, what we're going to do now as well, Tony, is we're going to get you to rank these Right, so as we go forward here at the shows, we're going to find out as we get towards Christmas, you're going to part, put them on a ranking scale. So by the end, of, by the time Christmas comes along, we'll have the Tony top five jumpers for people to go and get in 2022. Got them in the sales of January. Uh, it's brilliant. Having, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, we're going to have a quickly going through. I decided to start the show a little bit different this time. We're going to go with this week's news, right? Because we never really talk about what's happened in Bears. We except, expect everyone needs, seems to know. But let's in case somebody doesn't know, I decided to put this together. 
took me five minutes. It was massively long. The most important news is there is potential that Daz Newsom might be playing this weekend. Anyone that's watched this show from minute one realises that I'm a big Daz Newsom fan. If Daz plays or scores or touches the ball, I'll be delighted. Just a quick one on that. To, to literally anybody that, that loves to watch the Bear Down Reporters, it's a superb podcast with my friend Ryan Dangle and the lads. His name is Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom. They, they seem to have forgot his name, so I'm just reminding him of that one. Um, the Bears have decided to sign a fullback, Ben Mason, uh, Michigan Ravens fifth rounder. Fullback, what a shocker with a running team, but okay, we, we get into that later. JF1's back. That's a, that's a vital one going forward, so we get him back in the field. Um, I was going to say about the Cardinals game, but we won't talk about that. Salary cap's gone up to $208 million. Uh, which gives the Bears, let's see, roughly approximately $44 million to play with. But we've only got 26 players guaranteed for next year, so we don't know how that's going to work, but that'll come true. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is back talking about how he hates us, what's new. Um, and Devontae Adams, talking about talking about the Packers, Devontae Adams literally has come out with through his agent and said he needs to get $93 million over a four-year contract. Question for anyone that really wants to look at it. Would you spend $23 million a year on Devontae Adams? Interesting question. And the last one just happened around an hour ago was Robert Quinn has been given an extra sack from the Cardinals game. So he's now up to 12. So if we were doing a player of the season right now, I'm pretty sure Robert Quinn must be right in there to go through. So that's roughly the news, that the Bears news that we're looking at straight away. Um, and we will start with everything. Brew Hot, he's our man. It's Packers week, so Packers suck. Um, and that's that's how that's how we like to start the show with Brew Hot gets involved. And then, of course, we got to be on. We got to be honest. I, I'm stunned. I'm, I'm very proud he's here. Naz is here. Unfortunately, Naz, we can't get to see the yellow and green that you put up on the screen. But that's purely because we don't like to see yellow and green in the Bears show. But Naz, genuinely delighted for you to come along. Happy that you're here. So it's anyone's anyone's viewpoint, folks. Anyone that's on um, Twitter or Facebook or any of that kind of stuff, and you want to throw your comments on, like the lads have just done, make sure you pop over to YouTube onto the channel. Get your comments on. Even if you're a Packers fan, you want to give me some abuse. I'm up to all that. It's a bit of a good, good bit of fun these days. That's what we're meant to have these days. Meant to have a bit of fun. So, Tony, I'll actually start with you. Because I listened to the show on Sunday, and anyone that wants to listen back to the show, it was a fantastic show with, with yourself, Scott and Corey. It was really, really good. So that, that was really, really brilliant. But there's a bit of Bear's apathy, and it kind of seems to have kicked in now. and A bit of beyond disillusionment. It's more, oh, what's going to happen here? What's the point? Is it, it's not even funny anymore. Um, what do we think from, a, from that perspective? Let's, let's, let's kind of reverse that a little bit. Your expectations at the start of the year, like everybody else's, and then what you're seeing now, and why do you think apathy has kicked in compared to what we expected it to be at the start of the year? So for me, my expectations at the start of the year were we're not going to win anything this year. Um, so set your expectations accordingly. Um, for me, the whole year was about starting fields from the beginning, um, getting them out there, getting them, getting them some reps, uh, getting them some experience, starting some of the younger guys as well. It's a shame Tevin Jenkins went down. He would have been great to get him a year um, uh, playing uh, alongside uh, Larry Borum and um, and uh, and Fields, so that would have been ideal. But obviously that that, that didn't uh, it didn't happen. But he's going to come back now, and maybe um, you know maybe we'll, we'll talk about that later whether or not he'll uh, get any sort of meaningful snaps the rest of the year. Um, but you know, for me, the start of the year, I didn't have huge expectations. Um, I, you know, I thought we'd maybe get something like seven wins, maybe eight wins there thereabouts. Um, and uh, and it looks like we're maybe going to end up around about that point. We might even be lucky to get the seven wins at this point, the way things are going. So um, I, I can understand um, the the apathy because 
it's exhausting being a Bears fan sometimes. Um, you know, year in, year out, we get to these situations and it's just the same thing. Um, we've been stuck in this perpetual Matt Nagy loop um, for years now. Um, he should have been gone after 2019, really. Um, but, you know, he's still here. Um, the same can be said for, for Ryan Pace. Um, but again, we'll, we'll go on to Pace later on. Um, so for me, the, the, the apathy comes from it's the same stuff happening year in, year out. People are getting fed up with it. When's it going to change? And the problem we had here, but it's not a problem, is that Justin Fields came into the equation this year. And people, I think people put a lot of pressure on these young guys to come out and, you know, be able to make huge difference to the game and all this kind of stuff. You have to be realistic. It's a huge springboard from playing in college to playing in the NFL. So um, we, we have to take that into account and let the guy grow and learn. Um, as I said at the start of the year, if we can get him starting every game um, and learning, taking hits, you know, learn how to read defenses, um, all that kind of stuff is going to, is really going to set us up well for the future. Um, unfortunately, what's happened is Nagy um, and Pace have decided that they think they can win things this year. Um, and they're setting up their game plan and they're playing particular players. Um, and, and that mirrors that kind of ethos uh, when really what they should have been doing is building for the future. Um, as I said on the show uh, on Sunday, uh, if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had come out and said, you know what, we know we're not going to win this year, but we're going to let all the young guys grow and build, then I wouldn't have been 100% against keeping Nagy around next year. But um, and that's considering everything that's happened in the years gone by. But again, he's he's kind of pulled the naggy, and we're in this situation where everyone's just fed up. They've had enough. Let's roll on to twenty twenty two and see what happens then. Yeah, Jacob. The thing that I find interesting, and I totally agree with everything that Tony just said there. But let's play a little bit of devil's advocate for a second. So I start by putting my flag to the mast. I've wanted naggy gone. For years, I just don't think he's a, he's a good head coach. I actually don't even think he's a nice person. I'm, I'm moving toward that direction. That's just me. Um, but let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Bears have had a tough schedule. They really have. They've played. I look at it here. They got Packers, Cardinals, Bucks, Browns, Rams. Play the Packers again this week. All of those teams would look and consider themselves to be candidates for Super Bowl or at least playoffs and pushing on themselves. So, with that in mind, do you still understand the apathy from Bears fans? having seen the team at the start of the year and seeing what they're what they're seeing on the football field right through and against the opposition, would you still see that there's a, a fair establishment for that being the, the apathy the Bears fans have? Yeah, I mean, I think the apathy is honestly very much warranted. I think that at this point, uh, it, it's a little bit tougher and it's a little bit different from what we see with other teams across the league, say, say like a Lions, perchance that's just the first thing that top, uh, came to the top of my head. Uh, like obviously the Bears are a better football team than the Lions. They're having a better season than the Lions right now. But th there's just something about the general direction that you can see that obviously things aren't great now, but there's potential for growth in Detroit. I mean, they have two first round picks and they have a head coach who seems to have a good culture fit there. And, you know, that can be a tough thing to find in today's NFL. Uh, and I mean, sure, they don't have the QB that the bears have, they don't have their long-term answer like the bears hopefully do in Justin Fields. But uh, just looking at what, like say the Lions have compared to the bears, a team who's yeah, sure. They're better in terms of record and they're four and eight as opposed to what one ten and one. I think that's the record. Uh, 
and but they don't have as many uh they don't have as much draft capital i mean and obviously don't get me wrong i'd trade up for justin fields i'd give up that first round pick 10 times out of 10 even in hindsight knowing that's going to be a top 10 pick probably i'd still do that but that doesn't change the fact the lions have a lot of draft capital they have cap space to work with they have a what seems to be a good coach a good head coach just got some stuff to figure out the bears don't have a good head coach they're going to be looking for a new one more likely than not this offseason could be looking for a new gm as well a handful of bad contracts to aging veterans and it's just tough to be excited about the bears right now i mean i think that justin fields is the only reason that i'm still looking forward to watching the bears play on sundays and tevin jenkins coming back i think that's going to be huge for them uh obviously they didn't start him right away but i I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. I personally think they should end up starting Tevin Jenkins, but I digress. Uh, whenever they include him in their offense, which I'm sure they will at some point, I think Fields and Jenkins, that's the start of something. That's hopefully some sort of offensive nucleus they can build around. Uh, so, I mean, with that in mind, I do think that it, they're def- Bears fans are definitely in the right mind to be apathetic. I think that uh, – I mean, like I said, just the general lack of long-term promise and direction, I think that it's definitely made it tough to want to continuously watch this team week in and week out and cheer them on, knowing that at least for this year, I mean, we'll see what happens in the future, but at least for this year, they're kind of doomed to mediocrity. And I think the last part of that whole thing, Jacob, and Tony, I'll bring you into this, is the part that I find the most interesting. Because I put up a tweet there last week with all the young guys that are in our in our squad that have the potential, if if got the right coaches involved, to be real, I think, stars the, stars of the league. And it's not just Justin Fields. It's, it's you look at Roquan Smith, you look at, at uh, Mooney, you look at Montgomery, you look at Herbert, you look at, at as you said, uh, Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. And suddenly there's a nucleus there of leaders, of proper quality players. And I'm assuming, Jake, when you were in your draft, you saw that qualities within those players. But Tony, those that, was, that notwithstanding, you then look at a situation and I'll, I'll throw this to you. The reason I'm apathetic is, and I can't understand this with other NFL teams, why they haven't just thrown the ball at our, at our secondary all day. I don't understand why they don't do that because we have got the worst secondary I think I've ever seen in the football team. And that's saying something. There's some damn bad ones out there. And that's where my apathy comes from. But there is hope that you can see that if we do get the right head coach, if we do get potentially the right GM, that right, maybe 2022 with our cap space issues that were there, maybe we were looking at 2023, but the hope is there with those nucleus of young guys on rookie contracts, yeah? Yeah, 100%. I think anybody um, looking at this job um, in the off-season, they're going to look at it and say, this is this is going to be one of the top jobs available. Um, and again, it's because of well, firstly, that nucleus of young talent that you mentioned that's still growing and developing, but it's showing real promise. Um, uh, the run game is actually pretty good as well. Um, and that's a great place to start with, with a, with a head coach coming in, um, is having a good run game. And having like David Montgomery there, he's going to be going in his last season. It's also going to be a, con- a contract year uh, next year. Um, so he's going to be pushing again. But, you know, I wouldn't expect anything else out of him. He's that kind of guy. Um, uh, and um, and obviously we have um, you know um, Herbert backing him up as well, who looks really promising. So the run game looks looks decent. And I think you can add to that in the off season, um, especially in the kind of draft. You should always be looking to draft a a running back every year, in my opinion. Um, 
Uh, and then again, you've got the whole young, promising quarterback situation as well. You know, so you, you if you get find a head coach who, who really, really likes Justin Fields and is walking in a situation where you've got Justin Fields, a good run game, a nucleus of good young players, clear, clear things that need to be fixed as well. Um, as you mentioned, the holes and the defensive back situation is, is a huge thing. You know, the wide receiver situation needs to be addressed as well. Um, parts of the O-line as well. So, but, but the point is, though, there is bits that need to be fixed, but it's not all gloom and doom. It's not all terrible. There is a really, really good core of decent young guys there and promising talent as well. Um, so I think, if you, again, if you get the right guy in to lead that line, um, it could work out promising. Maybe not next year, but in 2023, um, you could be looking at a proper contender at that point if all the everything falls the way that you want it to fall. Yeah, and also by that stage, I know we do have Packers people in the chat, but by that stage, they won't have a team. Because if you thought our cap space was bad, trust me, theirs is in a different scale of universe. Uh, Jacob, Jacob, I'm going to move on a little bit to you, and I'm going to actually talk about Ryan Pace. Before you answer that question, just put on your, your draft hat for a second and just take take Ryan Pace just from a drafting perspective. And there's some obvious exceptions to, to any rule, and that's the case with any GM, I would assume, around the league. But he's made some very, very decent draft calls as well um, in later rounds. But also, you got to give him Justin Fields because he did draft up for him. you got to give him that. you got to say, OK, Tevin Jenkins falls to the second because we now know there was potentially injury there. But still, they're hoping in four years' time that Tevin Jenkins is a fantastic purchase and suddenly you've got Ryan Pace connected to both of those. So just with your draft hat on, forget about the free agency stuff or the, or the long-term contracts. If, if it was just on the draft, do you think he deserves to, to stick around next year? Yeah, so just from a pure draft perspective, I want to say Ryan Pace is a good drafter. I think that's the place where Ryan Pace thrives the most is his ability to evaluate collegiate talent. But at the same time, he's not playing up to his strength. And what I mean by that is that he's constantly trading up for guys and getting rid of future draft capital. And in some instances with like with Justin Fields, you're trading up for a quarterback who, you know, many people didn't expect to fall to 11. That one, you know, that's an exception. But you're looking at a lot of other situations say, I mean, they traded up for David Montgomery, who Montgomery has been a you know, don't get me wrong, a very good running back. They could have stayed put and drafted Damian Harris, who's also been very good. And they gave up a decent amount to get Montgomery. And I, I do think Montgomery is a better running back than Harris. But when you take a look at this roster, uh, the constant trading of future draft capital has come back to bite this team because there isn't a ton of great young talent. I think that there are some – there are some talented young prospects on this team on both sides of the ball, uh, especially on offense. I think you're looking at Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, uh, Darnell Mooney, and you still count David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, uh, Cole Komet shown some promise. Uh, maybe not totally there yet, but I mean, he's, you know, shown some potential. Uh, Larry Borum has some potential as well, but defense looks pretty barren at this point, And there aren't, there isn't really a proven star on a rookie contract outside of Roquan Smith. And I feel like that's something that great GMs are able to take advantage of. They draft guys who are able to become pro bowlers, able to come maybe all pros pretty quickly in their career. And we haven't really seen that with Ryan Pace. He's been able to get a handful of good players 
but he doesn't have a sheer volume that other GMs might have. And I think that that's part of a reason why the bears have, I think it's the oldest roster in the NFL, if not one of the oldest, uh, I'd have to go back and check for sure, but I know it's definitely up there. Uh, so yeah, I do think Ryan Pace is a good evaluator. And I think that that's absolutely something that he deserves a lot of credit for. And that's, that's one reason I've been hesitant to immediately jump on and say, he sucks, get rid of him immediately. Uh, but at the same time, keeping in mind, uh, uh, just evaluating from a draft perspective, also keeping in mind how many trades he's made, how often he's been, you know, willing to toss pretty valuable draft capital. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a mixed bag. So when that's the strongest thing that you have going for you is a mixed bag. I think that says a lot about uh, where you lie in your terms of your uh, future job security. Yeah, and I think then you then you throw in the free agency conversation, then you throw in the head coach calling, yeah. then you then you throw in the other stuff, and suddenly you're looking on the wrong side of the conversation and the wrong side of the tracks, and that's where I, le- I lead, and it's the reason why I asked you specifically, well, I'm delighted you're on the show for that exact question, so that then you say and go, okay, it was a mixed bag on the on the on the um, dra- on the draft side, and then you add on the other stuff because people look at Ryan Pace, it's a very polar conversation, the 50-50 call, oh, but look, he got this, he got this, he got that. And that's why I'm delighted to have you on, Jacob, so you can give us that kind of a headline into the draft, and then I can add on. Because now I'm going to throw it to you, Tony, and I'm going to go, if you take the draft out of the conversation, so that's not we're not allowed to talk about the draft, and we're only looking at free agency and, and hiring of staff, that's not very good, is it? Yeah, it's it's not been fantastic. Um, uh, there has been some odd decisions there. Um, you know, it, it, Not so much as in initial decisions but then things that have happened afterwards so for instance signing Danny Trevathan was a good idea yeah. but re-signing Danny Trevathan was not a good idea um signing Jimmy Graham they arguably played, paid too much for him but he was our biggest red zone target that particular season scored a lot of touchdowns um and I can almost forgive him for for taking him on that year to be honest with you because uh, I'm I have been a fan of Jimmy Graham throughout the years um but not cutting him this off season, I think, was a bad decision. Um, especially considering how many snaps he's actually played in 2021. Um, he, he must be getting paid. If you cut down his uh, money per snap, he's probably the best played, uh, paid player on the team. Uh, certainly on the offense, anyway. Um, so it's it's uh, those types of things are concerning. One of the, the bigger issues for me with him, though, and it's something again that we've spoken about before, is not taking charge, not going in there and being a general manager. And it started right from the interview process, but it was like um, the Bears basically said, we want to keep Jay Cutler. Okay, I'll keep Jay Cutler. That's fine. Uh, whereas Chris Ballard said, I don't want to keep Jay Cutler. Oh, we don't you want you, Chris Ballard. And I'm not defending Chris Ballard because he's done some stupid things as well, right? Uh, Carson Wentz. Um, but uh, yeah, and then, and then it continued with, okay, you're now the GM, but you're not picking your head coach. We're giving you John Fox. Um, and okay, we'll take John Fox, you know, and it's just, if you are a GM, you have to go in there and run your ship. It's yours to run. Don't take anything from anyone else, regardless of its management, um, uh, ownership. If that's the case at the start, you would say, listen, either you let me run it the way I want to, or I won't run it at all. Um, and then again, not firing Nagy mid season, because it's a bear's tradition not to ha- fire people mid season. His, his ownership in his ear saying, oh, you can't do it, Ryan, because it's mid-season 
if we don't do that, okay, cool, I won't do it. I'll wait until the end of the season. You know, and I don't know if that's actually happening or not, but still, we're in that situation where we should be firing them just now and we should be starting the search for a new head coach using that two-month, um, or sorry, two-week window at the end of the season for interviewing, um, you know, whoever um, and, and, and trying to get something over the line ahead of everybody else. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that, that he does, um, you know, Resigning Tariq Cohn for me was not a move that I, I liked personally either. Um, for me, a running back, I I am up for drafting running backs every year, but I'm not up for re-signing running backs unless they are out of this world running backs. Like for instance, David Montgomery next year going to be in his final year. Um, I wouldn't re-sign him after that if it's going to cost us a stupid amount of money because he's a running back. And they can be replaced. And it goes back to Jacob's point as well about even trading up for Montgomery. You could have obviously trade. You could have uh, drafted someone slightly later and got someone there or thereabouts, um, and not given up draft capital. So there's this big kind of roundabout thing um, with pace, and everything bleeds into each other um, and has a knock-on effect. So draft decisions uh, have an effect on um, things that we do in free agency and trades that we make situations we get ourselves into um and yeah for me uh, there are things ryan pace has done that I, that I have liked but for me there's more bad than good um and it all leads back to the fact that i don't think he can make a decision without checking with someone else first and maybe that's a slant on how the bears are run i don't know but um yeah that's how i feel yeah for me I think it was so bears that whole thing I've been on since that whole thing about firing Nagy after the Lions game. So bears because I actually think they were going to do that, and I think it was leaked. And then because it was leaked, they were like, "Oh, we can't be seen to do that because it looks like we're following the press." Just have a pair of balls, and that, it's something that the whole organization is just lacking genuinely. And um, I think I think there's guys who are just picking up paychecks both on and off the field, and I'm, it's that's where my apathy comes from, and that's where that's where you go into talking about stuff that makes me sick. We're going to move on now to the Packers game, the Packers week. Um, seriously, I can't explain how much I hate this team. Um, but they've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, he's won one, one Super Bowl. Just one. Same as Nick Foles. Just just one. Also, Foles likes his man. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, look, we're, we're playing the Packers. There's not a lot of expectation. Uh, there's not a lot of even hope in it. I'm just seeing that the injury list includes Montgomery, who didn't who didn't participate at all this uh, the last couple of days of training. So there's potentially another one added to the list of injuries. But going in, going into Packers week, I think this is the quietest I've heard um, Chicago Bears fans going into this game. Jacob, give us some hope. Give us something that you've seen that you think the Packers are are are, are there to be taken, and the Bears are going to find a way to do it on Sunday night football. Give us a little bit of hope there, my man. Oh, that's a that's a tough task. Not gonna lie, uh, so, <laughs> I'll do my best here. I'll do my best. So, uh, if there's one thing I feel like uh, Bears fans can keep solace in this year, it's that I mean, this year's proven above all else that anything can happen in the NFL, and we've seen practically every legit Super Bowl contender that there is this year. Uh, has had a really bad loss this year. Like we're looking at the Cardinals. Uh, they lost to the Panthers, Buccaneers. Uh, they lost to Washington. Uh, I want to say who someone, the Jets beat 
I, I know the Jets beat the Bengals and the Jets beat they they beat another team. Um, the, the Titans they beat the Titans as well. Uh, and I, I can go on and on. Uh, I I don't have it pulled up right now, but uh, you go through and look like Rams, Chiefs, uh, Cardinals, Buccaneers. A lot of those teams have had questionable losses. Even the Packers got blown out by the Saints week one. And while, yes, logic and reasoning would indicate the Packers are the favorites in this game, uh, that do- the favorites don't always win. And that's not always uh, how, how things go. And I think that getting Justin Fields back on our center ideally should be an increase in quarterback play, should open up the field a little bit more to you know stretch the field a little bit with more vertical passes, with more uh, movement from the quarterback position. Uh, I don't, it's it's going to be tough. I'm going to be totally honest. And given where the Bears are at right now, they don't have a ton of momentum. And the Packers are rel- they're riding relatively high right now. So and you add in the fact that it's at Lambeau Field, it's going to be a tough task. But I feel like the NFL has proven that anyone can win a game on a weekly basis. And I think – I don't remember exactly what it was called, but there's like a wheel of parody or something like that, where you see every NFL team who's won to a team and lost to a team. And it's just a cycle. And it just shows in a circle, just exactly uh, who's lost to who. And there's like a connection that's like all intertwining the NFL. So I think that just goes to show how unpredictable the league can be sometimes. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing the bears have uh, in their disposal that they haven't really had one of those games yet. I mean, they had one against the Bengals, I guess you could say, uh, but they haven't had any wins yet where it's like, oh, this team was favored to beat the Bears, but the Bears came away with a win. And it seems like every almost every team is due for one at some point this year. So, I mean, that's really all I got, honestly. I just think that anything can happen, and that's something to – you know, as tough as things may be right now, just something to keep in mind for us Bears fans. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're not just playing the Packers. Aren't our, our the crowd in Lambo? We're playing the refs as well because that's yeah. just, <laughs> the Packers. That's always what happens. We'll get it. We'll get a pick six and pull back from something they found from two years ago. Anyway, Tony. Yeah, look. The, the more this week goes on, the more I'm hoping to to see what I want to see. And what I really want to see is some of the younger guys decide to take over the team. And I remember a couple of weeks back, we, we played, I think it was the Steelers game, where you saw Komet and Fields walking off the field and they were they were talking to each other. And you could almost see that they were trying to take control of the of the actual the side and make it into their team. And that's what I want to see this weekend. I want to see us really give it a go. I don't want the... the boring predictable bears i don't want to try to run down the clock as we can i want us to use the the scenario that would be there regarding like run the football in a proper way to create the opportunities for justin fields to go to go downfield and then to really kind of frighten the packers into doing something we don't expect them to do that's my hope for what it will be um it's it's something that i really want to do I, i want us to win the game because it's against them um but I've also got to be realistic and honest on the show and understand that no, that will be there. That that's a tough, it's a tough task to do. But I want to see those things. What are you looking for from from Sunday? Um, honestly, it's one of these situations where I'm looking not to get blown out. Um, but then I also understand the benefits of being blown out. 
<laughs> uh, in, in the sense that it could it could push this uh, change of regime um, a lot quicker than than uh, some of us are expecting it to happen. So, but yeah, I mean, listen, as a Bears fan playing the Packers, let's be honest, we just don't want to be embarrassed again. Um, we it's going to be hard though because you've got Rogers up against that that defense of ours, which you know outside the kind of front seven. Um, you're 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 struggling, and at the moment, because our front seven is, is missing some players, you're struggling even more. So you know, if he starts throwing on us, um, it, it's just gonna it's just gonna go one way. So what you need to do in that instance is say, right, well, we're going to give up a shitload of points. So what we need to do is score a shitload of points. Now, unfortunately, we're averaging something like sixteen points per game at the moment. So um, it's um, is tough but then that leads into the point you just made anthony we need to start playing to our strengths um you know using the running game um using the play action using justin field's strengths moving the pocket getting outside the pocket all these types of things um and and really you know don't get don't don't be on third and 12 and throw that bloody screen pass or do you know what I mean like or the or the or the toss run play kind of thing it's just like you've seen these things they don't work they've seen you running these things and they know you're going to do it but continue to do it anyway it's almost like you're taking crazy pills you're like are you actually preparing for these games are you just going oh same plays as last week guys we'll just just I've not had time just run the same ones it's fine (laughs) You know, is that what's going on? Because it feels but, like that's what's going on. But are you shocked? Like, Cordell Patterson has turned into a superstar in Atlanta. He was the guy we took back to on 4th and 150 and said, try and get over the game line there, kid. And it's, 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 it's what is the problem? Like, I find it hilarious. Bill Lazor is seen as almost a guru compared to Matt Nagy. Bill Lazor is shit as well, by the way. It's, let's, not, let's not kind of mess around with that. For me, the whole organization, from a coaching perspective, if they don't sit up this week, if they don't want to show this week, if they don't want to show a desire, a heart, a dedication for the jersey this week, then we may as well bring in Thomas Graham Jr. and Daz Newsom and, and some of the guys in the practice squad and just let them play for the last five weeks and see what we have. And literally just just have a go at him. Like I, I joked online saying Virginia McCaskey might be a better head coach than Matt Nagy. One more think about it. She's seen a lot of games. Might be something that we want to do. <laughs> um, like it's it's also for me, it's the fact that, that it's them and we have to play against those guys. And I just I, I, I really want the Bears to do well. I really want look, I've got a really good mate of mine throwing this back at me. Jacob and Tony give him more positive ability. You're just I just bet the Bears win. That's what I'm talking about. Dave. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But it's 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 getting about it's getting the positivity comes from what the expectation will be. And I just hope I'm wrong. I really do. And I hope we go out and just come out of nowhere and perform sensationally. I, I just can't see it yet. And what I want to see is I want to see other sparks and signs from the younger guys to really kind of to kind of move on from it. Um, so talking about those younger guys, and, and Jacob, you mentioned Tevin Jenkins earlier on. You mentioned you kind of teased about what you think Tevin Jenkins could be and whether he should start and what he should think of. And that's kind of the next topic I want to go into going into the Packers game is, is the Tevin Jenkins question. First of all, how good is he? And second of all, should he, should he start against the Packers? Yeah, so personally, when I watched him at Oklahoma State, I was very much impressed with a lot of things, honestly. I think that uh, play strength and nastiness is obviously a thing that uh, 
I, I think that's definitely something that's a, a calling card of his game. I guess you could say like that's one of the biggest strengths is just his ability to dominate at the point of attack and his willingness to keep driving in his lower half and continue to, uh, I guess, pummel guys into the dirt. He's a good athlete for his size. He, you know, he's got decent length arms, but very like heavy hands. And once he lays, once he accurately lay, lands his strikes, then it's going to be very tough for an opposing defensive player to disengage. And I mean, with that said, I do think that we'll have to see exactly how he fares because obviously coming back from an injury that has you out for so long, like he hasn't played an actual snap of offensive line football since what? I know he got hurt near the end of last year, like November, December or something like that of last year. It's been almost a full year, uh, if not more than that, since Tevin Jenkins has taken an actual meaningful snap at offensive line. So I I can't say that he's going to project – incredibly well right away but i do think that the bears would be smart to at least start him i figure because i i tweeted about it a couple days and i i used a comparison that i think is pretty accurate so like the bears not starting tevin jenkins and and matt nagy said that uh like a a big reason is they're you know still technically they're still mathematically in the playoff race and they want to do whatever you know is going to be able to help them win now when they think that uh, starting Peters and Borum gives them the right opportunity to do so. But at the same time, I said, like, I don't remember the exact wording, but I was like, in other news, I'm not putting any money into my savings account because I could mathematically win the lottery tonight. <laughs> and like, it's basically the same thing. I mean, if you look at it, like, because – like the odds that the bears make it into the playoffs are so slim, just like the odds that you, you know, win the lottery are so slim, but you're not going to forego your future on that technicality. And I think that Tevin Jenkins definitely could use the reps. I think that that's definitely something you're looking more for like towards the future, even at least in those jumbo sets uh, or those like six offensive line uh, sets. I, I think that, giving Tevin Jenkins the Alex Barr's role where they have him in as an eligible, uh, you know, like a a tight end of sorts. Uh, I definitely think that putting Tevin Jenkins there is the better fit. Uh, I mean, obviously, because you're putting him on the outside to begin with, and Tevin Jenkins is more comfortable on the outside than Alex Barr's is. But also, more or less, you know what you have out of Alex Barr's at this point. I mean, it's been three years. He's an undrafted free agent. Like, he's a good backup, not much else. Tevin Jenkins is a guy you traded up for in the second round because you think he can be legit. You have a very high grade on him coming out of the draft. Why don't you at least give him some playing time? I mean, I don't understand why they held him to only PATs last week. And this is me as a Bears fan saying that I hope they give him more playing time. And I hope that like, I don't, I don't want to root for the Bears to lose, but part of me hopes that that comes sooner rather than later that they get eliminated from the playoff race so that we can start to see Tevin Jenkins get more time. We can start to see maybe Thomas Graham get called up from the practice squad. See Anthony, your guy, Daz Newsom. We can see him get up there. Yeah. We got a Daz Newsom uh, reference on the show there for you. Oh, there won't be, it's not just going to be one, my man. There's going to be a few more to come. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I think that as long as the bears are in this, Technically, in the playoff race, I don't think we're going to see a ton of Tevin Jenkins or many of the young guys for that matter. But 
once that does happen, which it eventually will happen, I think we're going to start to see more of Jenkins, more of the other young guys in the roster. And I think that that's the right move uh, just because they're, they're not going to do much of anything this year. Might as well see what you have for the future. But Nagy hoping that he can somehow pull something out of his ass. I mean, I think he's going to keep trying and win now until they get eliminated, at which point he might just admit defeat if he doesn't get fired at that point. Yeah, see, this is why I would have kicked his ass out after Detroit, because exactly, Jacob, what you just said there. I think our future is we need to see what next year looks like, and to do that, we may have, and we don't know yet, and this is the annoying part, we may have in Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum two potential long-term plans at right-left tackle or guard or whatever that may be, and then you're looking at, at contracting um, James Daniels, and now suddenly you're going out and getting a centre, potentially, or getting somebody to, to help out on that side or depth level. But we don't because for some reason our team management and our head, head head coach and GM believes that, oh, don't worry, we still have to play the Vikings twice and we have to play the Giants, we have to play the Seattle Seahawks. We'll win those four games and we'll go up to Lambeau and whatever, but we'll those four games, that'll give us eight wins. We, we, might, we might qualify with eight wins. It doesn't matter. Even if you get eight wins, it doesn't matter. We went to the playoffs like last year, which wasn't really a playoffs, and, and so I. I want us to develop a what we can do so that we really look into 2022 and go, yeah, okay, we're now to the point where we know we got our quarterback, we know we have offensive offensive line, and then we're going out and buying or getting in draft capital, whether it's through draft or whether it's through um, free agency, wide receiver threats for Justin Fields and for his type of game. And, and Tony, onto that, literally moving moving from Tevin Jenkins, unless you've something to say on Tevin, moving Tevin Jenkins into those last five games for Justin Fields. And, and where we get to and how important it is for Justin Fields to get these last five games. I'll start with this. When it was announced today that Justin Fields was fit, my first reaction was, I guarantee you Nagy says Dalton starts. That's how bad it's got to me in my head. I was convinced he was going to say that Dalton was going to start. Anyway, moving on. Justin Fields, last five games, how important are they for him? Are they important? And if they are, with the scheme he's there, with the poor coaching he's there, is it a case now of just kind of what can he learn? Yeah, uh, just quickly on Tevin Jenkins. Um, for me, uh, I would I would be starting him as much as I can again because again nothing really matters at this point. Again, the argument could be made that um, you're just going to throw him in at the deep end, and it could potentially have an adverse effect on on Justin Fields in terms of protection. So you need to balance everything up. But I, I think you need to try and get him out there as much as you can reasonably. Um, there's no real value to continue with Jason Peters outside of, you know, maybe uh, you could argue you'd have a better chance of keeping fields upright. But then again, who's to say, really? Um, Tevin Jenkins could go in there and, and uh, execute perfectly. So anyway, we'll wait and see what happens. But in terms of Justin Fields, um, yeah, they're, they're huge in the last five games because at the end of the day, after these five games, there's going to be nothing again until next August when they start playing preseason games. So um, that's that's a long time away from playing competitive um, football, uh, using the competitive word loosely when I refer to preseason there. But um, yeah, it's um, it's it's huge. You know, we, you need to take advantage of the situation. Um, unfortunately, um, he, he may not be used in the way that he, he should be used, um, and that that can hinder his development. Um, you know, it, it, we we seen it in in 2017 with, with Mitch Trubisky and. You know, he just, you know, he wouldn't, John Fox wouldn't let him throw the ball for, for a good long time. You know, it was just handoffs, handoffs, handoffs. Now, also that hasn't happened in the same um, kind of way with, with fields, but um, you can argue that Matt Nagy has not developed them 
or, or gave him a fair chance to develop um, throughout the whole season. And that started back in training camp when he didn't get snaps of the ones and, and all this type of thing. Um, would he have even started if Dalton hadn't got injured um, that early in the season? With Nagy, you don't know. So, um, again, it's huge in the fact that he's going to get experience, he's going to get exposure. I'd like to see him just take hold of this offense, take charge of it. He's got a call coming in from Laser, and he's like, you know what? Sounds good, but I've got a better idea. And just goes with it. Because end of the day, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, um, I'd like to just see him, you know, become a, a leader, develop the intangibles as well for him, um, and 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 kind of cement his place as as the guy moving forward. And that doesn't necessarily have to reflect in his numbers because he's hindered by the offense, but certainly in the way that he acts, his demeanor, and the way that um, he's sort of portrayed by the rest of his his team. So yeah, I think the last few games are absolutely huge for his his development in many different ways. Jacob, as someone who, again, through the draft draft work you've done with Windy City Gridiron and some of the stuff you do yourself, what what was your expectation of Justin Fields? And do you think he's actually achieved that right now? Is he behind where you thought he'd be? Is he ahead of where you thought he'd be? Or is he exactly where you thought he'd be right now? Yeah, so I'd honestly say Justin Fields is about where I've expected him to be, uh, given the circumstances around him and I mean, obviously not starting off the year as the starter and then getting hurt midway through. He's faced some adversity plus, you know, the coaching concerns plus just a general lack of proven talent on the offensive side of the ball and and a tough schedule too. We don't talk enough about that. He's faced a lot of, you know, talented defenses and a lot of tough pass rushes. I think that that in mind, Justin Fields honestly has met my expectations. He's about where I, from a pure level of play perspective, uh, Maybe not from a production perspective because the Bears haven't used him a ton uh, compared to other quarterbacks around the league. But I, I do think that the flashes have definitely been there. Uh, as a rookie, there's you know room for concern as there is with just about any rookie quarterback. I think that Fields, he, I, I think the hold on to the ball narrative uh, is a little bit overblown. But there are some instances where he can stand to get the ball away a little bit better. Uh, there are some times where he can be a little too aggressive throwing the ball. Uh, but overall, there's a lot that I do like out of Justin Fields and how he's played this year. Uh, I think that the dual threat ability that he has has already shown that it's tough to, tougher to game plan for than just a regular pocket passer uh, because he's a threat to, you know, on those bootlegs, he's a threat to take off on play action, on, you know, read options, RPOs, whatnot, which they honestly maybe haven't used as much as they could have, in my opinion. But when they do use it, uh, Fields' athletic ability is to be respected. And I feel like he's been able to throw the ball down the field better than most Bears quarterbacks we've seen in recent years. I think that his sense of accuracy is definitely impressive. I think he has a natural timing of where his receivers are going to be. And he can hit his receivers in stride very well. He's got great anticipation and timing when he throws the football. I think it's the decision-making that will need to improve a little bit over time and making the right read. But if you combine that with the raw accuracy that he has, a pretty strong arm, very good athletic ability, and the toughness that he shows both in and out of the pocket, I think there's a lot to like in Justin Fields and a lot to be excited about with the way that he's played this year. Obviously, he's a work in progress. Obviously, uh, 
he's going to need to improve next year and going to need to, you know, continue to keep building on that. And that's, that's a key because uh, we've seen that with other quarterbacks in recent years, you know, not just on the bears, but on other teams in general, where they haven't really been able to build and continue to improve in areas that they prove to be weaknesses as rookies. Uh, And I think that that's going to be a key for fields. And obviously we'll see what happens with the head coaching situation. We'll see what happens over the off season, who they bring into their staff and, you know, to their actual offense itself. But I, I would say Fields is about where I've expected him to be in terms of level of play. And this is coming from someone who loved Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. I saw a lot out of him uh, and that I really liked. And we're seeing a lot of those strengths that we saw at Ohio State. We're seeing, you know, some of those weaknesses as well. But I think that there's still a lot to be excited about for the future of Justin Fields. Yeah, what makes it even better is – basically you start the next season, he'll be the best quarterback in our division because, look, Goff, Cousins and Mr. Love, they're not really something to be (laughs) pushed up and down about. So, instinctively, he becomes the best one and we may even have the second one best one as well, whoever our second backup quarterback will be. Um, Tony, on Justin Fields, and kind of the same question to to Jacob, from from what your expectations was of Justin Fields before the season starts and now we're 12 games in, except he's been injured for a couple of those games, but, and didn't start the, the first two. What was your expectation to where he is now? The same, higher or lower? Yeah, I mean, you, you, as I mentioned earlier, you can't expect a lot out of these guys in the first year. Um, not not many guys go in there in the first year and and kind of blow the barn doors off, you know. So um, we weren't expecting huge numbers. Um, I think you had to take into account. You know, the, the players they had around about them, the questions on the offensive line, the questions on the offensive scheme. So you to take all those type of things into account. So the, the expectation was that it's not going to be a, a crazy blow away year, um, but you're going to see a bit of promise, a bit of spark. You're going to see some big moments in games. And we have seen that. We've seen, you know, the, the deep ball that we've been missing so much on this offense. The accurate deep ball, rather, I should say, that we've been <laughs> missing so much on on this this offense, um, and 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 that's been something that has been really kind of encouraging. Um, seeing the way that he acts ar- around his teammates for me as well is, is a huge thing too. He's got a bit of an attitude, and I like that about him because I think that's what we've been missing. I think we get too many nice guys in the team sometimes, um, and I'm not saying Justin Fields is not a nice guy, but I'm just saying he's a competitor. He's been there. He's done it at the highest level in college. And that does translate to the NFL. Um, it's harder when, when you haven't really been in that limelight as much uh, um, in, in terms of, of trying to adjust to, to having, especially in a market like in Chicago, it's huge. You know, a lot of expectation on you right away. So I think he's kind of there or thereabouts in, 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 in terms of my expectations. I think um, if, if he'd have started earlier on, and, and I mentioned it already, if he'd have gotten... The, the kind of preseason um, uh, snaps and um, the uh, mini camp snaps and uh, all that kind of stuff, um, it would have it would have probably benefited them. It it had been maybe further along the line a bit, but nothing I don't think this hugely different to where he is at the moment. Um, I think what's going to be a huge thing is getting uh, the new regime in, whoever he is, whoever that person is going to be whatever the new offensive scheme is going to be and having that whole off season to really study it and know that he's going in this next year 
as the starter um and and kind of just getting all that cemented um and uh, and hopefully as i say if we can we can kind of build round about him on that offense i think that's going to be uh, hugely beneficial for him uh, moving forward but but in terms of this year i think he's kind of where i thought he would be um nothing overly flashy uh, but but moments of flashiness um but hindered by everything around about him uh, and or not everything but a lot of things around about him and the scheme that he's in yeah i think i think i agree with you i think the the expectation on, on Justin fails is isn't was never really for this year it was for what protection projection was going to go on in the in the year after and that's why I, I said it from the very start of the show the loss of tevin jenkins has been massive because we needed to discover whether we had our left our left tackle and whether we whether we then had our quarterback and left tackle for a period of time um, and that's that's kind of where we got to with that and i I, I'm really excited about Justin Fields. I still am about what he can give to us. And I think he's he's shown glimpses and, and Jacob, you're hundred percent correct. And Tony said it as well. He's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna make mistakes in the next five games, without a shadow of a doubt. And um, some are got some are gonna be his fault, some are not necessarily gonna be his fault, but how he deals with that. And he just still comes across as a very calm, confident man. And I think that's that's something that we've really been lacking at quarterback for quite some time. Someone who's calm and someone is someone is really kind of positive on where we get to. And and yeah. Again, I agree with my man Dave. Just wish he had more time and protection, 100%. I think we saw it last weekend. I think the offensive line didn't do a bad job last weekend in giving Andy Dalton some time, and Andy Dalton just didn't execute and didn't execute at all. Um, of the four interceptions, I think one could be claimed on Gamet, but even that ball wasn't the greatest. So, look, there's been games where we've been close as well, um, that we should have won. Had we had a better coach, had a better scheme, we could be sitting here in a different, in a different day, but instead, we're looking forward. To uh, to the Packers one. I'm going to throw this up there. <laughs> Packers be Bears worst case scenarios. And I don't mean worst case scenarios necessarily in the scoreline. What I'm talking about is, would it be terrible if the Chicago Bears somehow go up to Lambeau, produce the performance of their lifetime, and win? And then the McCaskies, who are desperate to keep Ryan Pace, and who are desperate to keep Matt Nagy, look at this and go, oh, that'll be, that'll be something that we want. And Tony, actually goes straight back to you on this one. That's a real double-edged sword, because I never want us to lose to the Packers. I'll be jumping around the place if we beat the Packers on Sunday. But in the back of my head, I don't trust this this organization. I don't trust this the the people who are making decisions at the, at the top end of the organization. And I definitely don't trust anyone anyone connected to that decision. Um, and my fear would be we do something like that, and that's the thing they hold on to and prove. Am I? I never, I never ever. That? Never ever want to see us lose a game. Yeah, uh, I'm never that type of guy who's like, oh, if we lose, then you know we'll get a better draft spot, or if we lose, then it means that this guy will be out the door. I just don't ever. If that if you're you're rooting for your team to lose, and there's a problem with the sport and the way that it's set yeah. up, or there's a problem with the um, the management kind of thing. So um, losing for the sake of getting rid of Nagy. Um, I would love for us to win this game. If we lose the rest of the, the four games afterwards, then you know maybe maybe I can take that. But I, I I'd like to think by this point that they've seen everything that's happened since 2018. They've realised that 2018 was a kind of one-off, and if it wasn't for that Vic Fangio defence, we wouldn't have been 12 and four. Um, and um, and and you know take that away, and we would have been somewhere around about the middle of the pack again. 
Um, so I think they've got to look at this and say, how can you call anything that's happened a success since Nagy's been here? Fair enough, we've made the playoffs a couple of times. But that's not success, as I've said before. Success is winning the Super Bowl or being consistently in that last four teams or something like that. The, you know, getting to the playoffs twice and how many years has Pace been here? Six years is is not good enough. And one of them was sneaking in the back door. Um, so it, it, you, it, you have to look at this, the, the whole thing here, uh, and, and you have to think that hopefully the McCaskies, I don't know why I'm saying this, hopefully the McCaskies can look at that and say, yeah, this isn't going well. We need to we need to up our game, but that's the fear because yeah. as Chicago Bears fans, we are trained not to trust what's going on, um, and I think that's that's the, the problem we're in at the moment. But for me, I'll always want to win the game regardless. I'm never going to root for us to lose just for the sake of something to happen off the back of it. I'd like to think that everything that we expect is going to happen in the off season still happens regardless of whether or not we were even to win the next five games in a row. Um, because it, it, it really the next five games don't matter either way because we're not going to go any further than the first round of the playoffs, even if we got in the back door again. So, you know, think you have to hope that they're forward thinking and 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 they're they're going to make the changes. Um, but there's always that fear, man. Like it's uh, it's a bad it's bad news, man. Bad news, bears. <laughs> Same question, Jacob. Uh, is there a party in the back of your head because we've, as Tony perfectly, perfectly put there, like the danger that the McCaskies will, will just jump on? Oh, look at the last few results, and we bet the Packers in Lambeau, and that meant I could celebrate for my family, and that means we'll keep them on for one more year, just see what they're like for one more year. Is that fair there? Or are you with Tony and myself? I'd, I'll put that out there that no matter what happens, I'm desperate for the Bears to beat the Packers, and every Sunday, I'm desperate for the Bears to win to win games. Which which kind of head do you fall on? Are you in a mixture of both? You know, so I'm generally under the mindset where it's been, what, four years now that Matt Nagy's been the head coach of the Chicago Bears. It's been since 2015, since Ryan Pace has been the general manager of this team. I don't know what more there is to see that – we haven't seen already out of Matt Nagy. And this would be a totally different conversation if, you know, this was after like 2019 and Nagy, it was only his second season as head coach. Like, sure, they didn't live up to expectations in 2019, but 2018 was really good. And maybe there's some more that we're not really seeing. Uh, but at this point, he's had several different quarterbacks. So you can't blame Mitch entirely for everything that happened. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's Mitch, if it's Chase Daniel, if it's uh, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, even Justin Fields. Uh, there's an issue with this Bears offense, and it's Matt Nagy. And I, again, yeah, there's there are concerns around the person, the actual personnel, and the overall roster building, which falls under Ryan Pace, but. I don't, again, like I said, I don't see what there is to identify from Matt Nagy that he hasn't already shown in the last four years. And I, I had this tweet a couple days ago that people actually, you know, they took very seriously where I, I did a troll job of sorts saying like, oh, I spoke with George McCaskey personally. And <laughs> I love that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, let's see if I can find it here real quick because I want to read it word for word because the fact that so many people uh, thought it was real just 
goes to show exactly what they think about this organization. Here it is. So we love Matt Nagy and think he's an elite coach in this league, he told me. Losing by 11 points to a team like the Cardinals is a step in the right direction. We're just a few pieces away from being a Super Bowl winner. And the sad thing is that might actually be the mentality of this organization. Yes. Oh, they lost to the Cardinals by 11 points. Doesn't matter that they scored in garbage time and that the score was widely misleading and that they were off to a bad start from the beginning. Uh, the end result down by 11 against the best team in the NFC, I think in the NFL. Uh, screw it. We're close to a Super Bowl. We're almost there. Uh, <laughs> Which I'm very fearful that that's actually what they think when in reality, you know, we agree that's not the case. Most Bears fans agree that's not the case. Uh, and I don't know. That's my deep down concern. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but there's there's that bit of a pessimist in me who's seen what's happened with this Bears organization in the past. Uh, I would just – I would lose it if Matt Nagy came back for another year. And – like, I know, Anthony, you said that you don't think he's a good guy. I don't know. I mean, I think he's a decent enough dude from what I've seen, but and I don't normally wish for bad things on people, but for the sake of the organization, I think it's for the best that they move on from him because it's clear that what's going on right now isn't working and they need to move on like as soon as possible. The only reason I say he's not a nice guy, and there's two reasons on it. He threw the dummy out of the pram and he was forced to pick um, Justin Fields, and yeah. he acted like a baby after that. And for me, he showed his true colours. And second of all, I've been saying it for weeks, whenever the Bears win, except it's not much, the Bears yeah. franchise showed us Matt Nagy in the dressing room talking to the team. You never see the team. It's always him. So I'm convinced he's in the room on his own, screaming out loud and all the players have gone home. That's just my own personal opinion. I think, really just think he's a bit of a madman. I think Matt Nagy is an egotistical person. I think he's portrayed himself as a nice guy he's portrayed himself as this as this person but he is not not a good head coach i think he's not a good coach forget about head coach i think he is enable inability to understand chicago and the chicago bears fans worldwide is mind-numbing um i find the picks that he was given aren't in my opinion the worst by ryan pace i really do i think pace isn't a good free agency picker and he, he he's way too aggressive jacob 100 agree with you he's way too aggressive in the draft but sometimes with a gm you don't mind that as much you prefer to be a little bit aggressive so he's been given all the tools he's been given everything he wanted and he then came out and said i've another three years left in this offense and i i i am done i was done 12 months ago i was done 18 months ago i'm done with him i don't even want to talk about him ryan base is the question for me and the problem I have with the organization is by not firing Maggie, and they're saying that like everyone's saying that Pace is in the background trying to find another head coach. And you're like, really? Is he, are we sure he's the right guy to be doing that? He hasn't exactly got a great track record. So I, I don't know. That, that's where my that's where the fear of, of that side is. But on the flip side, if we somehow, if Santa was to bring me the present that I want as a Chicago Bears fan, that's Sean Payton to arrive in at Chicago Bears at the start of next season and change all my my viewpoint of an offensive scheme and an offensive team, what we look like, then then that would be fantastic with me. If Matt Nagy is off coaching the Packers, even better. That would be my my whole thing. Moving on to that, and it's the last the last thing I'd like to say in the go on the on the show. It's the score of bold prediction time. 
So pretty much anyone that's watched the show knows this. The score is pretty obvious, but the bold prediction is one or two points. You can go offense, defense. You can go one of both. You can go just one in total, and that will be considered a bold out there prediction. Jacob, I'm throwing it onto you, but I'll start with Tony because Tony should have known this was coming, so he has no excuses if he hasn't got this ready. <laughs> so, Tony, what's your score prediction and your bold prediction, my man? Um, so for me, uh, you know, you get the Packers coming, uh, getting an extra week to prepare for for the Bears. You know, um, that, not that you need it, but um, that that's gonna that's gonna help. So I think uh, I've I've got my final score as Packers thirty four, uh, Bears uh, twenty one. Um, I think we will score some points because their uh, defense is not uh, phenomenal either, and I think uh, Justin Fields will be wanting to go out there and. And, and, and kind of try and make a statement uh, in, the, in the kind of final uh, Rodgers Packers Bears game. Um, so I think uh, I think you'll want to go out there and, and try and make a statement. But I don't think it's going to be enough because we're going to going to too many points. Um, my bold prediction is that um, well, I've actually got two. The first one is I think Thomas Graham will play. He's been predicted, uh, and I think he'll play well he's been protected on the practice squad this week so i think he might get involved in the game because again why not um we don't have much else going there and it could work out i think he might might play and and play half decent and again that can give us a bit of encouragement going into the rest of the year and next season um i also think that um our 21 points will come from justin field scoring three touchdowns um, I don't think we're. I, I've just got. A, I've got a good feeling that he's going to go out there and look good in this game. We're still not going to win, but I think he's going to look good and it's going to give us a wee bit of hope for him, as opposed to the anything else this season. But for him, I think he's going to give us a bit of hope. I like. I like that. I like. I definitely. Like, I agree with you on Thomas Graham as well. I think that's a good shout. Uh, I think. I think I'd like to see him and give him a shot and see what he's like. Uh, Jacob, what's your score prediction and your ball prediction, my man? All right, so score-wise, I think I'm going to go you know, kind of similar to what Tony had. I'm going to go with Packers 31, Bears 15. I think that I say 15. I think they're going to score a touchdown, hit the two-point conversion, and lose by 16, but uh, not going to be able to put together much after that. So my bold prediction, which <laughs> – I, I like the the one that just popped up on the screen with the Allen, but that was good. But yeah, let's see. My bold prediction. This isn't. Ne- I don't know if this is necessarily bold, but I think Kyrus Tonga will have a sack. That's what I was thinking. Because I'm. I was trying to go with a defensive lineman who, you know, isn't Robert Quinn, who hasn't necessarily, you know been projected as oh he's going to get a sack or he's going to put up big numbers i think kairos tonga he's shown some promise i think in limited snaps and i think that i don't know just a gut feeling someone's going to get a sack like some of the, one of the younger guys maybe a trevis gibson also as well but i think i'm going to go kairos tonga here i think he's going to pick up a sack tonga time exactly and i think he's going to I think the fruits of his labor are finally going to pay off and he's going to be able to pick up a sack uh, at some point in the game. Yeah, I like that. I think that's another one. People are kind of sleeping a little bit on Tonga, how decent he's been this year when he's been in, on the field. So, yeah, it's a, that's a great shout. Me personally, there's two parts of me, right? There's the realism, and I think the Packers might blow us out this under. It's hit, <laughs> hit over 45. Um, I really do, but I can't, right? It's them. 
Sorry, Karen, I fucking hate them. So literally, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Packers 21, Bears 22. There I have go. no idea why. Makes no sense. <laughs> I can hear Scott, our other co-host, screaming at me. I can hear Karen screaming. I can hear Corey laughing at me. I can hear everyone doing it. But I just can't say the Bears aren't gonna win. Dave, there's your positivity that I told you I was gonna bring. That's the positivity I was gonna say. On that, uh, my bold predictions. <laughs> We've only mentioned Daz once. Anyone that doesn't know, Daz may play this weekend. And if Daz plays, right, and catches the ball, and more importantly, if he scores the winning touchdown, walk-off touchdown, I swear to God, there should be a video on me for that moment because I will be running around Cork probably half-naked. That's probably my, my boldest of ball predictions. The second one is, no matter what happens, Justin Fields will ring his, ring his mum and see how his mum is. Uh, and, and ask if his man's okay and his man will talk back to him and they'll have a real conversation and, and, and they'll get on really well. His opposition quarterback won't because uh, his opposite, opposite quarterback's a douchebag who is a liar and tried to kill half the Packers press um, by just lying um, and somehow only got a 14 grand fine and people say the Packers don't get everything that they want. What a surprise. Um, and the last one, my last ball prediction, somebody would be wearing cheese in the crowd. Don't get it. Absolutely, real cheese. Wow. real cheese, actual real cheese, because it oh, yeah. doesn't make sense. It's like what's what is a packer, by the way? Does anyone, do any <laughs> you two guys know what a packer is? A uh, genuine question. Scott posted in our uh, in our thread. I've, I've no idea what a, what a packer. I think they work in like the, the Amazon warehouse, do they not? Is that, is that not? <laughs> makes no sense to me, uh, folks. Thanks very much for, for for jumping along onto the show. It's been been fantastic, Jacob. Just before you leave, um, do you have any stuff coming up and and with the draft coming up? Are you doing? Have you already started any any uh, mock drafts, or have you started any any projections for the Bears or anybody else going forward? Yeah, uh, actually, ironic that you just brought that up because I literally just published a mock draft today, like an hour before our show started. I uh, I, I published one over at Windy City Gridiron. Definitely recommend checking that out if you guys haven't already. Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep up my uh, my David Bell propaganda. He's a wide receiver out of Purdue. He's my top choice, I'll be totally honest, uh, for that second-round spot if he's available. And I, I do have him as the second-round pick. But as for the rest of the picks, uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to you know, force you to read it. Well, not force you to read it. I can't physically be there <laughs> and have you glue your eyes to the screen uh, like Clockwork Orange style where like, the eyes are open like that. But uh, no, uh, but I do, have, I do have a mock draft that just came out. I'm going to be – you know, cycling out some more NFL draft stuff over the next couple weeks, especially as the season comes to an end. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. I'll be uh, adding some stuff over at Windy City Gridiron over the next few weeks, especially. Yeah, thanks very much for coming along as well. We really, really do appreciate you. Um, Alan, just in saying to you, yeah, no, I'm not drinking the Nagy Kool-Aid. I, I hate Nagy. <laughs> I just I just hate the Packers more. I, I can't explain it. And yeah. I'm bonkers, but that's probably it. Did I want because it's for every game? We always get Bruja. Bruja asked one one of the games. He said a scoreline, um, and he never really came back to us on what the on what the scoreline would be, and he replaced it with beers. So basically, Bruja is going to be drinking twelve to fifteen beers for the game this weekend. So uh, fair You're going to need it, man. You're going to need it. He's he's probably going to need more, even though he predicts an absolute cracker as well. He said that the game's going to be thirty-two twenty-nine. So yeah. I, uh, I I I. Sort of take that if I'm honest. I think it would be, there would be entertainment that we could have. But look, as I said, thanks very much for everyone getting along. Tomorrow, uh, we've got another show on tomorrow. Kieran's going to be talking to someone from, from the Packers' point of view. Um, I will not be on that show. I don't think uh, I would have anything to do with anybody that's a Packers fan. 
don't want to know. Uh, but definitely, definitely check it out. It's it's a, it's a it's going to be Karen talking to him about about the game coming up and, and the projections going forward. And hopefully, he'll be talking a lot about the cap and how that this is the last dance and they'll all be gone by now and all that kind of stuff. But who who knows? But again, join us again. I think on Sunday, Sunday or maybe even Monday next week, we'll be looking back on on a fantastic Bears one point win with Daz scoring the the winning touchdown. Um, and on behalf of absolutely everyone on the show, uh, can we get a bear down before we go? One, two, three. Bear down, everybody. <laughs>